Welcome to this uh, podcast about education's role in transformation for a sustainable future, looking then specifically at interdisciplinary learning. And discussing this today is teacher trainer and assistant professor from religion, Helge Orsheim, and UNESCO chair and leader at Center for Collaborative Learning for Sustainable Development, Robert Didham both from Inland Norway University of Applied Sciences. And facilitating this podcast is Benteknipa Vesta. So Helge and Robert, you have different roles and backgrounds working in teacher education. And I would like to ask you, starting then with Helge, what is the role of interdisciplinarity in education for a sustainable future? Well, thank you, Bente, and thanks for uh, inviting us for this conversation. As you mentioned, uh, me and uh, Robert have slightly different roles, um, and I am uh, fairly new to uh, to teacher education. I started working at uh, Hamar only one and a half years ago. So uh, I've, I've been trying to sort of wrap my head around what's the role of the different disciplines is in general in teacher training, uh, which can be a challenge sometimes because I come from religious studies, which is already a very interdisciplinary field. And to figure out how the boundaries are drawn between our objects of study and the other objects that are offered at Hamad can be challenging. And this uh, was even more so uh, when I came into the Education for Diversity and a Sustainable Living course that I taught this this year. And I think um, looking at um, sort of the, the core of your question, so how, uh, what is the role of interdisciplinarity in, in educating learners for a sustainable future? I think uh, interdisciplinarity is front and center. We can't really talk about sustainability without talking about the multidimensional nature of of learning, how we cannot uh, limit ourselves to our own sort of backgrounds and disciplines. And I think that was a very uh, useful experience coming into to this course that I taught this semester, that uh, looking at sustainability from the perspectives of social science and natural science and religious studies and ethics really brings out uh, some overlapping themes, but also very different themes. And sometimes there are collisions. Sometimes you have to make choices and sometimes um, what the disciplines are saying uh, is not really um, compatible. So I think these are the uh, the boundary zones between the disciplines where uh, the basic presuppositions of uh, what counts as reliable evidence, that is really where we need to talk about interdisciplinarity. So um, the criteria for validity within uh, natural science are clear cut. If you look to values and ethics, it's much more fussy. It's much more complicated. So I think both need to be uh, brought into the conversation, but they play different roles. So that's the that's the overarching uh, response to your question, Benta. Thank you, Helga. So, uh, Robert, what are your reflections on on this one? Yes, thank you, Benta, and thank you, Helga, for the. The start, I, I I agree with your points, and 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 was something very similar. I was gonna, I think, if we're gonna look at the question of what is the role of interdisciplinary in education for a sustainable future, we really need to start by, um, just talking about what are the benefits that interdisciplinary education and learning can provide to educational practice in general, and how its application can help strengthen students' learning outcomes and their abilities for lifelong learning. At the core of interdisciplinary education 
is a goal to facilitate learners in developing their own knowledge constructs and frameworks for learning that bring context and meaning to their education, how they look at the world, how they understand it, how they make meaning of it, as well as also collaboratively discussing and deliberating on common worldviews and paradigms of understanding that exist. Um, so interdisciplinary education doesn't specifically in any way stand in opposition to disciplinary and subject-based learning, but rather by focusing on the development of an overarching conceptual framework for understanding and for the application of knowledge towards real-world relevance, this approach enables an active interplay between the interdisciplinary framework and the subject-based competencies. Learners are able to draw on specific knowledge, perspectives, and methods from different subjects to enrich and strengthen their interdisciplinary understanding in a way that also facilitates subject-based relevance and depth learning. And it's in this specific effort to create a critically reflective and enriched understanding of the world around us that it is essential for dealing with the complex and interconnected challenges faced in learning for a sustainable future. Thank you, Robert. <clears throat> and uh, so kind of the, the next question then is actually, how do we do this? How do we do it? How do we do it now? Uh, Helga. And, and of course, this is also, this is in relation to teacher education, but this is also in, in relation to education in, in general. Yeah, um, so how do we do it? I think we've already done it for some time, and I think we're doing it even more now with the new, uh, with Kunskapsløfte, with LK20, uh, because there are so many uh, aspects of that new uh, curriculum that emphasize the role of interdisciplinarity, but also sustainability. So you have the core competencies that you need to develop among the learners. But I also see from my own subject area that interdisciplinarity has become much more pronounced. So we've moved away from sort of teaching um, teacher students uh, and 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 uh, pupils at that level uh, about sort of concrete sort of list, lists of facts. We moved away from that. We've started looking looking at different perspectives, looking at different methods, looking at how we can draw on uh, insights from different disciplines, working on themes that are uh, that cross and are too complicated. They cross the disciplinary boundaries. And they're too complicated to only be viewed from one perspective. So I think uh, having visited a, a few uh, teacher students in their practical work and when they're in practice schools, I see that they're really eager to, to use the different disciplines in, um, in project work and group work. So they rarely limit uh, their approaches to one discipline. Uh, so I think uh, we're, we're actually progressed quite a bit. Uh, I think we're already looking into <clears throat> The, uh, the benefits of, of drawing on different disciplines when working on complex problems. Um, but I think there is, there's definitely a danger to it as well. If you, if you take it too far, um, when you come to school and you only have project work and you don't really learn sort of the, the tools of the trade of the old disciplines, that can also be a challenge because you end up with, with uh, both teacher students and, and pupils who don't really understand how to approach a problem without uh, looking at it from different points of view. And that's not always the proper way of, of going about it. So I think distinguishing between problems that are actually best approached within a disciplinary frame and those that are approached within an interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary or transdisciplinary and so on, I think that's that's one of the core challenges that we face both as teacher um, uh, education uh, trainers and 
as as teachers go into schools how how can we select the proper methodology to approach the problem because interdisciplinary uh, interdisciplinarity doesn't mean that we uh, disband or or leave aside the old disciplines it just means an added competency thank you helga robert yes i i think key in how we do this is is concerning the relevance and application of learning how do we ensure that it connects to the ability to apply those skills in our, our daily lives and to develop the skills that support lifelong learning. Um, here, an important point is that the common interdisciplinary framework I, I discussed is not framed only within an educational context, but that it also reflects on and incorporates key aspects from wider society, that we find active ways to interplay kind of knowledge-based um, competencies with their relation to issues that we're dealing with in society, issues we're dealing with in our daily life. Um, and that learning for a sustainable future isn't just about gaining preset or fixed knowledge on sustainability topics, but it's also about developing skills for investigation, for problem solving, and for collaboratively working together to imagine, reimagine, and develop our collective futures. Um, education for a sustainable future must also lift up the role of education in social forming, or say, by elevating the interplay between this more conceptual learning framework and wider social values, norms, and worldviews in a way that encourages processes of transformative learning, where we can critically consider the views that we hold, the relevance of those views to the, the world around us, and, and, and potentially change and alter the way we understand and, and look at the world around us. And then if the challenge for a sustainable future is, is seen as paramount, then education must respond by ensuring increased relevance between learned material and its real world application. And it must encourage active and collaborative processes for developing new knowledge, practices, and solutions for achieving more sustainable pathways of living. But I think it's important just to note also that we're, when we're talking, it's not we're not just talking about the knowledge side of the learning. We're talking about the skill-based and the competency-based of learning. And, I mean, we have frameworks of sustainability competencies that in some aspects are unique to learning for sustainable development. But in other ways, they're very closely linked to several other frameworks of skills and competencies, 21st century skills, skills for lifelong learning. And the interesting thing is, yes, these are skills for lifelong learning but they also require lifelong learning to develop those skills effectively. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. So um, how do we do it? But it's also a question then, what's the best way to strengthen teachers, students, interdisciplinary teaching competence? What is the best way? Um, and also, please be practical this uh, about this question because this relates directly to your everyday work at Atin as well. Uh, Helga. Well, I think um, the answer to that question overlaps a bit with with uh, the prior one. How do we do it? Because we're we're already trying to do it. We're always trying to strengthen the ways in which uh, teacher students uh, can get a better interdisciplinary teaching competence. Um, so I can only speak from my own subject area, 
which is what I know best. And um, as I mentioned at the outset, religious studies and, and Christianity studies, the history and so on, the, the um, ethics, these fields that are part of, of the core RLA uh, subject area are inherently interdisciplinary. And, and the, the, the subject area in itself uh, has sort of boundary issues between the disciplines. So I think um, by in my own teaching in, in core RLA, I try to uh, invite the students to use uh, perspectives and theories and approaches that have been developed also in other uh, disciplines so that their teaching will not be limited to only um, only the, the, uh, the syllabus that exists for their own um, subject area. Because sometimes, um, some, uh, sometimes teacher students have this idea of coming into class, what they need to learn is just how to apply, how to reach the goals, the learning goals, and that's it within this subject area. And uh, I always try to sort of derail them a bit from that because that becomes very narrow-minded and you can get the sense that um, uh, going to uh, to a lecture is only just a transactional issue of sort of me handing down knowledge that they can just repackage and, and hand on further to their pupils. And then at the end of the day, everyone has learned a bit more. And I don't think that's the proper way to do it. So we need to sort of abandon uh, the, the sort of single-minded approach that the city sees only the learning goals and also invites using um, perspectives and ideas uh, and themes from the other disciplines that also exist at the teacher education uh, college. Uh, so I always try, and I mean, there are clear, clear boundaries with social science. So I try to use that quite a lot in my lectures to show how, how the same issue might be approached differently. Uh, depending on the disciplinary lens that we use. And I think that has uh, a very direct impact on what kind of teaching competence they will end up with um, afterwards. Thank you. Robert? Um, yes, um, I want to start by commenting. I know something that uh, Helga has worked with and, and I think is an important one is, is what is sometimes referred to as a normative competency, understanding, being able to see how different kind of views of our times, uh, uh, ethics, values of our time shape the knowledge we're working with and, and appreciating that knowledge and, and views are socially constructed. And I know Helga has worked looking at how different views from religion around the relationship between human and nature have changed based on views of the time. And, and either seeing, you know, a sense of stewardship in, in, in Christianity or a sense of uh, the, the idea that the, the world is for humans' effort or domination in some sense or, or is there for our benefit and, and use. But that these views are these views are based on the same text and different interpretations of the same text that are are constructed by the time. And this this ability to critically reflect on how our knowledge construction, it's, it's not that knowledge is this fixed thing, but the way we interpret that knowledge is still very influenced by our social values. I, I think that is one point to have that level of kind of critical reflection when we look at our, our knowledge and our understanding and our worldviews. If we want to really open it up to where we we critically question, are these the right views and values that fit with the world, the world that we experience now? But some other specific points that I think are really important in the learning, and I don't think there is one answer to how do we best equip students. I think it's, I mean, we have to have a, a, a pluralistic approach to learning where different approaches, different methods um, are shared and, and actively worked with. 
um, different modes of investigation. As Helge has already said, you maybe learn a specific mode of investigation from one subject base. Uh, you learn kind of systems investigation in natural science, but you can imply that systems investigation across many other fields and looking at other dimensions, the social dimensions, the economic dimensions. But I would say that the the whole systems perspectives and the systems thinking to strengthen how we holistically understand and interpret knowledge is a very important one in, in working and learning um, for interdisciplinarity. A change in focus from individual to interconnected so that we can really work to appreciate the interdependence that happens within systems and the relationships between different actors and their actions is another important area. And then a reorientation in learning from one that's based on competition to one that's based on cooperation, um, where learners work more collaboratively and actively together to examine challenges, develop new knowledge, and create new solutions is, is also very valuable. And then also a strengthening, as I mentioned, of critical praxis where in the critical reflection, but where learning cycles between processes of action and reflection to develop a deeper awareness and to enhance the relevance and depth of achieved learning. I think these kind of are, are important principles that we can bring in, but as I said, there we, we, we have to kind of work with many different approaches when we, when we take this. There isn't a single what is the best answer, but opening up to a, a wide variety. Thank you, Rob. Okay, so my last question is then, uh, can you identify concrete actions that would strengthen interdisciplinarity in teacher education? Helga. Well, I don't know if it qualifies as an action, um, but I think that we have to look at um, the structural organization of teacher training today. Because, um, as you all know, we have a new uh, a new curriculum from 2020, and the guidelines for teacher education have not been updated yet. And the way we do our teaching today, it's very strongly um, uh, directed by the guidelines. We don't have that much maneuvering space. And I think as long as they are in place in the way that they are now, uh, it can be challenging to truly expand the ways in which we draw on the insights from the different disciplines. Um, and I also think, I mean, coming from a university background and into, into HOMA and, and looking at how uh, the distribution of labor is between pedagogics and didactics on the one hand and the disciplines on the other, that's also a larger conversation that we're having every day. But maybe we have to, to um, be more specific about that. How can we distribute labor better uh, among ourselves and how can we learn from, from the different subject areas? Thank you, Helga. Robert? Um, well, going off the point token, that there are, I mean, at the, at our level, then teacher education, there are some structural challenges in the way that our, our institution is established into a very strong disciplinary basis. I, I mean, we have really good examples at school level, um, where you see, you know, very integrated teaching with multiple teachers in, from different subjects in one classroom, not having a, a organization around disciplines, but organization around common themes and topics using different disciplines. And if that's maybe too far and an easy step to achieve, then and one kind of easy way to begin to approach this is to create a, 
red threads in across the different subjects, across the different teaching. So in a single semester, you could look at what would be a common question or, or issue that might be taken up in those subjects um, in the sense of our discussions about the sustainable future that could be using one SDG and key questions around that SDG. And then each subject takes that up and, and looks at how their subject knowledge, their subject methodology and didactics can approach better understanding that question, that topic. And technically, I mean, that's really what you're providing as a space for multidisciplinary learning, where each subject kind of stays in their own focus, and, and but addresses a common theme or topic. Ideally, though, in the learning experience for the students, they themselves are gaining kind of an interdisciplinary perspective by gaining that knowledge from across different subjects, those perspectives um, that helps them bring together a wider way. And that can be both the knowledge, but as I mentioned before, it can also be the different didactic approaches and bringing those didactic approaches from one subject across to another subject in the way they use it. Thank you both, uh, Robert and Helga. This podcast now come to an end. And uh, I, I want to mention for the listeners that there's even another podcast where a uh, Rector and a teacher trainer student uh, is discussing exactly the same questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.